Hello friends, special announcement before this week's episode. Friend of the show, Jeff Miller, you know, Jeff from episode 36, former coach of the Fanshawe Falcons, LVC, Camp Madawaska, and many other teams. Well, Jeff and some amazing people started the golf brand Club Jason. Designed with quality in mind, Jason sets no limits on comfort, feel, and appeal. They are devoted to growing the game of golf and creating opportunities for those who could benefit greatly from a little extra support. 10% of all sales will go to a Club Jason scholarship for a female golfer, and additional 10% of all sales will go towards junior golf programs in Ontario. As an official friend of Passing Dimes, Jeff would like to pass on 15% off your next order and free shipping in North America on any order over $99. Visit clubjason, C-L-U-B-J-S-O-N.com and use promo code DIMES at checkout. Club Jason, join the club. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Sharp Cuts. Garrett, I got to admit, this is one more further than I thought we'd get. But after last week, we we got it done, and it was a great episode, and we're back this week. And we'll see. Did we peak too early? Can we top it again? I, I don't know. I think we got the guests to do it, but I'm really excited. And just to give our listeners a, a little bit of an inside edge here, this is not the podcast. So the podcast was created to grow volleyball, showcase some awesome people, making an interview. This is going to be a discussion where I think there's going to be some hot takes. There's going to be some sharp cuts. And, you know, friends become enemies enemies become friends and we're all going to share some laughs tonight so uh, i'll throw it over to my guy from garrett may yes guy gaming my my partner in crime in the show and, and you can introduce our awesome guests for tonight thanks josh for that intro and uh thank everybody for joining here on sharp cuts i am the aforementioned garrett may from the world famous yes guy gaming along with josh nickel from the also world famous pass and dimes we've joined forces to make this sharp cuts so thank you for joining hopefully we'll have some fun get into it with some fun conversations, but I got to thank two other guys for joining us, our our guests for this episode. Um, and first up, uh, this guy, very special guest to me and to others, um, multiple, multiple championships at all levels of beach volleyball, indoor volleyball as a player, as a coach, multiple tournaments hosted, promoted for the FIBB here in Canada and father of multiple Young, four, beautiful young men, including me. That's right. It's my father, John May. Welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Guys, when you said it was all about fun, I said, yeah, I can't pass it on. Well, thanks, Dad. That's uh, that's great to know. Great to hear. So, I mean, what what should the people know about you? What, uh, you know, what, what what's up? What's going on in your life? What, uh, what, what should well, the people know? I guess the first thing would be everybody should know my favorite song of all time. My my anthem, if you will, Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the changes. Uh, I I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just got to stop you right there because I'm a little bit worried about we say Man in the Mirror and copyright claims with YouTube. It can get pretty aggressive with the uh, with the song lyrics and stuff. So sorry, I got to interrupt you there. I'm super nervous about that. And we've also got to transition and introduce our other guest who's waiting in the wings. This guy, a, a great guy, a member of Team Canada's national beach volleyball team training right now, despite COVID, um, former youth player has come up as soon to be the guy on the Norseca and FIVB tour. It's Jake McNeil. Welcome to the show, Jake. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, that was, that was way back. An undefeated duo, uh, me, uh, Andrew Richards and Garrett May just getting it done down in Puerto Rico. Uh, that was that was a good that was a good story. That was a lot of fun, you know. Classic Norseca. Let us know maybe three weeks before the uh, tournament that we were about to play in uh, Puerto Rico to go to uh, Youth Olympics. 
in the middle of December. So, you know, me and Andrew were like on the court, I think, playing indoor when we received the call from Bible uh, Canada that said, yeah, three weeks, get a coach, get it together. So, uh, yeah, that was actually a, a pretty good, exciting story. Yeah, well, I'm sure you guys were thinking like, oh, on short notice, we got to get a coach. Who's available? Which guy can just hop <laughs> on a plane and come? Like, who's not a big shooter who can – it doesn't have much going on, and that was me. Thanks for that, Jake, and uh, welcome to the show, both Dad and Jake. But I'm going to throw it back to Josh Nickel for a little bit here. He's the uh, organization guy. I don't know if you can tell. I'm a little helter-skelter, the tech guy, recording, dealing with all this crap. I'm going to throw it to Josh, who's the organization. You get the show started. Looking forward to what we're going to get into. Thank you guys for joining us. Josh, what do we What do we want to start the show with? What are you thinking? What do we got going on? Well, I had a few things in my notes, but I think you just touched on it that you've coached Jake. John has coached you. I've coached with Jake and Garrett. I've stolen a million ideas from John. So I just want to talk about like the ignition point for a lot of people, because I think I would like to start with John and see where he fell in love with beach volleyball. But I think we got some fun facts here that I think everybody here is a Marquise fan. We could talk about Marquise for hours, but I don't know, Garrett, if you knew this, I'm putting him on the spot. You were one of Jake's idols growing up on the beach tour. He used to watch you a lot. So I think there's some weird connections here. So I think we need to just talk about like the ignition in our sport, who you're a fan of, who you like to model your game after. Like, I think there's a lot of connection just in this room. And like I said, we're going to spotlight the child and he's there and a bunch of people, but I think there's just a lot of passion in this room. We've all stolen ideas from each other. So I think it's time to share those ideas with the listeners and just let them in on the conversation a little bit. So maybe we'll throw it over to John May to start and say, when did you really fall in love with volleyball and specifically beach volleyball and how, because he gets a lot of credit for growing the game and, and takes, you know, I think if Marquise were here, he would give credit for his passion, his ignition. So maybe we could just follow the timeline if he started it. And then we just see where it takes us at the end here. Well, geez, like, Hey, we got to be careful. Like how much time we got here, guys. Like <laughs> that's some long stories there. You know, like, yeah, like we got a lot of time here. No, we're just we're just talking ignition point. I got to give credit to two things: the Bombay Beach Club. If the Bombay Beach Club didn't exist, you know, we wouldn't have been out there on the sand. I fell in love with volleyball way before that. I can remember playing in grade six, so it goes way back. So, like Garrett says, I don't want to go back that far. But I've been in love with the sport of volleyball all my life, and uh, yeah, the Bombay Beach Club was the beach thing. And I guess my idol. Not that I ever really had an idol, but somebody who I looked up to and, and thought was an amazing uh, beach athlete was Sinjin Smith. And, uh, you know, it, 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 that's what got me started watching the AVP tour grow back in the Miller Highlight days when uh, that tour first started. And uh, Drakeage and I, believe it or not, went to an AVP tournament the first time, 1982. Believe it, in Chicago. And, Drakeage May finished fifth out of 96 teams in a double limb. So that's what got us going. That's what, you know, the Bombay Beach Club, Sinjin Smith, the AVP. But the love for volleyball started, you know, way before that. I can't believe I haven't asked this before, but you're talking about Sinjin Smith. Like maybe next time you can send me a little text message and say, hey, Sinjin, can we maybe get you on my son's show? And hey, maybe... I don't know if that's super weird, like, you know, getting, you know, you're like a kid asking for somebody's autograph or stuff like that. But, oh. hey, like, maybe you can throw in a nice word for Sinjin for us. You know, Sinjin, Sinjin would love to come on the show. I know that for sure. I was talking Are you to kidding him. me? We could have had Sinjin yeah. Smith here. We got Jake McNeil on the yeah. show. We could have had well, Sinjin Smith on the show. Jake, Jake or Sinjin. And, and <laughs> I, think, I think Jake, you know, they're very similar. Defenders, quick, you know, fidgety. Uh, I, I think for the most part, though, I, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago about another 
big, big idea in the sport. And, um, you know, I, he's a great guy. He's so passionate about the sport and an ambassador, you know. So, yeah, he'd definitely come on the show. Massive. This is awesome. And then, Garrett, do you remember following your dad around to pro tours or what was your ignition point? Like your dad was the volleyball guy. But do you remember, was it watching Marquise or was it watching somebody on tour? And you're kind of like, yeah, I want to do that. Like when I'm peppering with my brother, Reed, like I'm Marquise right now and I'm going to dive for this ball. or I'm going to show that much effort. Like what was your point? Or am I making you into this Marquise super fan? Well, maybe you're not. I don't know. Set the set the scene for us. Don't think that's the case, actually. I mean, not no offense, Mark. I mean, say, don't take offense, man. But I think, like, when I was a kid, like, we were so close to the whole action here in Canada. And for those who don't know, uh, it used to be a pretty big deal. We used to have a, a pro tour and used to have a lot of action going on there. Uh, maybe you can talk about that later, Dad, and do a little humble brag. Um, but uh, I feel like because it was so close to it that I didn't really – you know, it wasn't like I was looking at these guys and going, whoa, like, these are my idols. Like, I want to be like that. It was like, well, no, it's just, that's it's just a part of it. Like, it's just what it is. Right. So I, I think I, I looked to, you know, Mark and John and some of the guys who were the top kind of players for Canada back then more as like, you know, teachers and people to certainly look up to, but not really, you know, idols and somebody I was like, I, I oh, like, oh, nervous to be around them. You know what, you know what I mean? Like when you, you know, you finally meet somebody who's such a big, you know, idol in your mind that um, that you kind of feel that way. So, yeah, no, I, I so, so <laughs> we'd have to have him on the show and be like, yeah, I'm sorry, guy. I, don't, I mean, but I'm sure other people definitely felt that way about them and other players. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Like, I remember being a kid at Madawaska and like when you hear on the speakers that he's and child are showing up that day, like there's a lineup to get your picture taken with them and autographs where it's just cool that because it was so frequent for you, it almost normalized where maybe to other kids, it's like that's child and he's that's the Olympians for, for you. It's like, that's that's Mark. That's my dad's friend. Maybe he'll pepper with me lately you know, and I'll beat him at short court or something. Yeah. And it was kind of weird, too, because like Mark used to live across the street from us. Like it was such a small world. For those who don't know, Mark, he's uh, Olympic bronze medalist in beach volleyball for Canada. Uh, shout out Mark. They used to live across the street. And I remember just used to enter our house randomly, or we just go over there randomly, like at the most random times. You wake up in the morning, oh, hey, and all the guys are here. Or like it's like 10 o'clock at night, like you're going to bed. It's like, oh, hey, guys are just chatting in the room. It's like, you know, so, you know, when you go to the beach and you see them playing, it's like, oh, that's not, you know, that's just, you know, somebody you know, somebody you're familiar with. Oh, it's like, um, so I don't really have that. I kind of took that on tour too. Like when I went and played kind of pro on tour, look and looking around at the other guys who I knew were good, I, I was purposely like, no, man, forget those guys. Those guys suck. Like, you know, like really taking that on when I played because I wanted to avoid that desperately. I don't know if it's like that for you, Jake. Yeah. Uh, so where I kind of, uh, first I'll start where, where I kind of fell in love with, with the sport was uh, a big shout out to my sister, uh, JJ, who kind of got me into volleyball in general. She, uh, was a, she played a lot more indoor growing up, but she also played beach and she went and, uh, played in the NCAA and, and was libero and was really successful out there in Connecticut. And then, uh, on the weekends she would be playing beach volleyball. And so for the first couple of weekends, I went down and watched uh, her play. And I was looking around and I kind of saw like I was playing a lot of hockey and baseball at the time. And I was looking around. I saw kids my age playing. I was like, Mom, what's what's going on here? Like I could be playing in this instead of just sitting on the sideline, like cheering, cheering JJ on. So that's kind of where I got my first uh, start playing the game. Me and uh, 
another one of my baseball teammates, we ended up teaming <laughs> up and we got out there and neither of us really knew anything about beach volleyball. Didn't know the rules, didn't know anything, but we got out there and just absolutely fell in love with it. Played a bunch of events that year. And that's kind of where my uh, beach volleyball career started. So uh, in terms of idols, uh, I would say that I had my idol, like growing up was Casey Jennings. I, uh, actually went down to the AVP. For those of you that don't know, Casey Jennings played on the AVP for a long time, played on the FIVB, won a Manhattan Beach Open. Uh, also the husband of uh, Carrie Walsh, that I'm sure uh, a, lot, a lot of people listening would know about. Um, and uh, he, was, he was playing with Jake Gibb at the time when we went down to watch. Me and my mom went down, watched our first ever AVP, and I was sitting in the crowd. And I don't know what Jake Gibb was getting, you know, he was getting physio or he was going to the bathroom or something in case he was just sitting on the court. Alone. Hold on. Are you lurking up to Jake Gibb while he's like going to the bathroom? Like he's trying to, no, absolutely. Like he's maybe yeah, getting drug tests not. and he's getting a massage or something. The beat it, kid. No, no, no. Casey is standing in the middle of the court alone. Other teams warming up. So I don't know where Jake Gibb is. I'm just speculating now, but uh, thanks for that, Garrett. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. No, you went after Casey while Jake was in the washroom. No. No, Casey saw me in the crowd, said, hey, I was in full beach gear, as I did when I went to go beach watch beach volleyball events, my full playing gear, you know, getting rowdy in the crowd. And he had me go out there and set him a few warm-up balls and actually gave me one of his rock star hats after. And we actually stay in uh, close contact now. He'll still message me, sent me a few things for Christmas growing up. And so I kind of have a, a special bond with him where I'll still speak to him every once in a while. And that's kind of where... I would say my idol is I've been down to California and had some training sessions with him. And, and so that's kind of cool. Uh, whereas with Garrett was more of an inspiration thing. I feel like I would, as a kid go and watch Garrett and kind of see him play with his passion and energy. And that more inspired me. And when him and uh, Sam Schachter went to the U21 worlds and were really successful in one gold, that's when I think I really thought like, you know what, this is something that I can do professionally. And this is something that I can kind of strive to, uh, push even further and further for. So I think that was more of an inspiration thing, whereas Casey Jennings more of an idol for me. Well, that's a really cool story, Jake. And I appreciate you saying that about uh, looking up to me. And I, I will say, I'm glad you kind of took notes from my successes and none of my absolute failures or leaving the sport entirely. So thanks for that. Carry the torch, buddy. Um, that's a really cool story. I didn't know that. Like the fact that you just went down there, set a few balls for him. And now like you're playing in international tournaments, like that's pretty cool. You hear about that in other sports of like, you know, like Austin Matthews was at like a big playoff game where like a goal was scored or whatever. And he's like telling that story. It's like, that's a really cool story, I think. Um, but I did hear, notice you say something. You came from, uh, came from hockey and kind of came, you're coming down to the sport and kind of seeing what the heck was going on. And it kind of makes me think of, uh, of you as well, Dad, because I know you played hockey and other sports before moving over to volleyball. I'm just curious because being a big hockey guy, it's a certain culture, right? Like you, you kind of you're you're in the locker room with the boys, you're out on the ice, like you're throwing out chirps, you're laying the big painful body checks. I'm just curious if like if, if that was a big dip, change, shift for you when you came to volleyball, like that change when you kind of switched over, or if you kind of brought any of that and are throwing out chirps through the net because you know I'm all about that. <laughs> you know what uh well for starters i never laid out any big body checks i wasn't really in a, you know that Stop. come on before. you were laying you were laying some yeah, big yeah. body yeah. were you <laughs> like it's like a it's like a broom pole trying to take down an elephant like <laughs> so <laughs> the bottom line here you know i wasn't very good at hockey 
you know, I was an okay basketball player. I probably, you know, would have been a 13th man on a 12 team at university in basketball. Like I was right on the edge there in volleyball. I just, you know, it, it was easier for me to rise to the top, to be quite honest. And, uh, you know, I hate to, I've, I've joked before that, you know, volleyball, when I was playing it with, it was the misfits. Like you couldn't, you weren't good at anything else. So you, you had to kind of default to volleyball where you could be great. But then when real athletes started to play the game, you know, it, it took, and training became a big part of it. Like it just evolved into a, a totally different place. Um, yeah, so and I get that. I mean, it's, you know, being lazy is way easier and not training and stuff and just dominating without actually trying. It's just right, so much right. more fun than actually That's working hard at about. it, you know? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I never had the discipline to train to be really good. We're ruining Jake's idolization of us just really quickly eroding at it. Like any respect he had is just disappearing. He's like, wait, what? You guys didn't work hard? I'm kicking my ass here to get in this game. Yeah, you know what? It's it's uh, it's interesting the evolution of the sport. Like it's so different now. I go down to the beach now and watch, and you know, kids fourteen, you are hand setting. Like it's like everybody's hand setting. Back when I was playing, nobody could do it. We we picked a couple of guys and said, "You're the only guys good enough to do that." Everybody else had to bump set. You know, so the sports evolved now to a completely different level from a physical perspective and it's attracting great athletes um and it it's got you know nowhere to go but up that's for sure well you kind of yeah the game is definitely has changed and i've kind of noticed that indoor and beach like over oh. the years for sure now that i played and kind of coached and i'm kind of curious because i'm a bit out of the scene dad i know you coached the york university women's volleyball team most recently i was just a few years ago um, and Jake, you're obviously still playing um, on Team Canada. I'm kind of curious, what's the scene like with some of these like highly competitive athletes in practice and matches? Like, what's the chatter on the court like? Because I know when I played, I just totally ignored that stuff. Well, and Josh, you maybe hear it in practice every day or kind of see it at some of these competitions. I like for some of us who don't get to experience that daily. I, I'm trying to live vicariously through. Is there any kind of anybody spitting fires or any action, or is it just boring? Like, ah, whatever. Well. Yeah, so I didn't. So kind of going back to the hockey a little bit is like uh, I came, grew up in a hockey family. Mom played, dad played, uh, so it was like very aggressive. A uh, lot of chirping, a lot of playing. Played a pretty pretty high level. Played a lot of triple A. You can throw them down, AJ. You can throw them down. <laughs> yeah, not, throw them down. not not bad. I played against some some quite good players. I played against McDavid and and Marner and a few guys in the NHL. So uh, I played for co- quite a while and. Um, I, so I did bring some of that stuff over to beach volleyball and tried to kind of bring the fire and, and bring the intensity and, and kind of had the non, non back down factor. And, uh, like it's it definitely different obviously. Cause you can't like, there's no contact and things of that nature. But I mean, we, we played a pretty intense trippy Norseka final myself and Simone Fecto Bhutan against, uh, case beer and, uh, came Schalk that got pretty chippy and, quite some stare downs through the net and stuff so it definitely does get there it definitely does get fiery and i think for the training aspect it really does de- depend on the kind of phase of training we're in if we're in like a base building learning phase it's it's obviously not as heated it's, it's not as exciting as maybe you guys would would want it to be it's a lot of you know the guys actually 
kind of talking to each other, working what what's the best what's the best thing, what do you need, you know, what 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 does the technique look like, and then once it's time to go to battle, that's when you kind of see some more of the fire okay. and the and the chip go through, and then on kind of more like a simulated game day, right. I guess. So what's the best chirp you've ever laid out? It's bragging time. You ever just let one loose and you just know instantly that's a classic? That's a question for the entire panel here. And I'll start. I don't have one. I've literally never thrown a good chirp, and it's just it haunts me to the core. I don't even have a good one. It's not even mine, but I remember like belly <laughs> when I was out. Whoa, hold, hold on. It's I'm, not I'm, yours. I'm You're throwing somebody it's else. The best chirp I've ever heard in my life. I have to share it so other people use it, but I was belly laughing. It was actually at one of our guys, so I feel bad. The other team's middle looks at him and goes, yeah, well, you're pretty f- tough for a guy whose dick doesn't touch his own underwear. And I remember he <laughs> pulled up and be like, what? Yeah, 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 it does. <laughs> There's no answer to that chirp. <laughs> and here it is against our guy, and I'm in a full like belly laugh trying to hide it, and I can't. So, I, so you're right, Garrett. I can't take credit for it. I'm not that witty, but I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I mean, that would fold me up completely. I'd be like, uh, 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 <laughs> I can't really follow that up. <laughs> what? I can't, I can't follow that up. You got no chirps? 50-year no, career I'm in the sport of volleyball? You got nothing? I'm self-conscious. I'm self-conscious. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I, you couldn't follow up that chirp if it was said to you, but is there another time that you laid an equally devastating burn or no? No, I, I wasn't really a chirper. Stop. I could, stop it. I, I, I know I could dust it up with the best of you, them. But you, when I talk to everybody, we go around, no. anybody you ever played with, they go, hey, I played against your dad. He was quite the mouthpiece, literally every time. But that that only started once it was initiated by somebody else. I was a good counter puncher. You know, when people tried to, uh, you know, get there, it didn't take long for me to fold them up like a cheap suit. You know, once somebody initiated it, then it would be, you know, and that just, you know, when anybody did that to me, I can remember a classic time. I'll give you a, a classic example of we went down to the Penn State Nittley Lions tournament and we're playing in some match, but we had to beat them one game out of the best of five. I think for some reason we were playing or we were playing three straight, but we had just had to beat them one game and they were chirping so bad. They, you know, they stand right up and then they're, we got shit over here. We got <laughs> shit over there. It's like you guys point right at you and you're about to, you know, receive, sir. It just got the fire going. I can remember we we battled. We ended up winning one game, but after that, I had the worst headache. A vein was going to burst in my my head. It was so intense. But you know, I I was a counter puncher. Okay, I never so what was the counter punch there? We just dominated and beat them beat them a game. That's what it came down to. Okay, and well then, that's great for you, but for us, the spectators, it's boring as hell. Yeah, I don't think I said anything. I let my uh, my performance do the talking. All right. Well, Jake's. I know Jake's burning. He's got one ready to go. It's going to be no, the best no. chirp of all time. Look, he's ready for it. No, don't don't hype don't hype it up. No, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm similar to John in, in that sense where I, I don't like to start the chirping, but I'm I'm happy to use it as motivation and kind of let it fire me up. I remember a pretty good story. We I played a, a van open with uh, crush player Lucas Coleman. Uh, I remember my partner got injured. I had to call him last minute. I said, hey, you want to fly to Vancouver? He says, I haven't played beach volleyball in a year and a half. I said, well, you know, you're, you're the best option I got right now. Like, come on down. Let's, let's do this. And 
him and I go in there, absolutely blow our first game of a 32-team uh, double elimination. So anybody that's played in one of those knows what that's like. So we're absolutely they're they're serving lucas every ball he's running to the net he's playing like a monster we battle all our, all the way back to the semifinals where we're playing uh maddie z and maverick two home hometown guys <laughs> and we are getting absolutely obliterated lucas looks like he's seen a ghost he looks like he's he's absolutely done we're down something 15 15 5 15 6 at the tech and the whole crowd's just giving it to us and Lucas and I are both very fiery. We like to we like to mix it up. We like to we like to battle out there. So Lucas and I both kind of look at each other. We both look at just take you know take five seconds. Just both of us just stare into the crowd. Don't move. Don't do anything. Ended up coming back, winning that set. Lose the second set. We're in the third set. It's an absolute battle. I remember Patty Z hammers one right off the sideline. Referee calls it out. We're going nuts. The crowd's absolutely losing their minds. They call a timeout. They go to the bench, and Maddie Z and, and Mav both looked at the crowd and said, shut the F up. You guys are just firing them up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we ended up coming out and actually beating them, and, and it was still one of my favorite matches that uh, I've ever been a part of to beat two guys of that caliber in, in that game with, uh, with uh, uh, just a buddy, Lucas. It was, it was a really uh, awesome uh, time. Well, that was a crush experience. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, like that's an amazing story, and I, I'm just wow. so disappointed. I have nothing even similar. Like, you know, it's like any win was just so matter of fact, and any loss was just so like, bleh. like that was my kind of one regret from playing is like mixing it up. Like that's memorable stuff right there. Like I, I, I don't know. I feel like we need that more. Like some more of that, right? And it kind of starts like, how did that start? The intensity, yeah, it's competitive, but the crowd's getting into it, right? Crowd, They're yeah, no, it was, bit, it was right? full. It was nothing. It was nothing to do with the players. It was fully, fully endorsed by the crowd, and I think that's what really. And it was easy to pit. You know, there was two, two local BC guys against two Toronto guys, so it was easy for them to kind of get behind. And uh, we were, we were getting chirped the whole entire tournament. I still hear Blair Band's uh, voice in my head. National team libero, just absolutely the whole tournament. I think we got the draw of playing eight of his UBC friends in a row <laughs> set up his lawn chair by our, by our, uh, by our court and was just letting us have it the whole entire tournament until the finals where he played another Toronto team. And then he started cheering for us. And that's the only game we lost. So thanks a lot, Blair. He, nice. He just kept cheering us. We might've won the thing, but you know, it's whatever. the old flip flop. Well, yeah. I remember a time when, uh, cause when I played, I was pretty good. And I got chirped a lot, pretty much everywhere we went. Indoors, beach, not really, because like beach, I don't know. I didn't have many experiences like that, but uh, indoors for sure. And uh, one time we were at McMaster and we're, like, it's an intense game every time we played that team for sure. Um, and there, it's like an empty gym for some reason. I don't know why. Like there was nobody there. It was like five people there. There's like two people in the stands over there, two people in the stands over there. And this one group of guys just yelling out. I don't even know what they were saying because I was like, again, didn't really partake in that. But then I hear all of a sudden, hey, Red Hat, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That caught my attention because I looked up and dad, my dad is standing there like yelling across the entire gym at this guy across the massive facility. There's like 10 people in this room, including the players. And then after that, it was like, 
oh, like everyone's a little, feeling a little bit awkward after after that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's such a true story. I'll never forget that. The guy was over there. It's an empty gym. He's wearing a red hat and he sticks out like a sore thumb and he's just on Garrett the whole time. And I held it in. I held it in. <laughs> and then I just couldn't take it anymore. So I stood up and I yelled in the whole gym going, hey, red hat, shut up. <laughs> yeah, like that's but like everyone stops what they're doing like because like there's nobody in the gym like nobody but that was a tense moment and even i think the refs were kind of like <laughs> like should we i guess we'll yeah like we're playing i don't know <laughs> like That's gone. it was yeah, so, so weird there was no one there though <laughs> no but you 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 tell that story and it makes me think of another story about chirping at you're in the finals in your own gym, Garrett, at Western. And it's packed. It's packed. And at least 50% of the crowd have been shipped in from, from Mac again. All right? And they, the whole, it felt like the whole crowd was shouting, Garrett's back to serve. Overrated. Da, 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 da. Overrated. <laughs> yeah. It was echoing in the gym and i thought you got your kid out there and and the chirping and the chirps from the the fans to the to the players were just harsh. oh yeah harsh i remember uh the poor not the poor guy i think he looks great bald uh poland 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 no i yeah, think poland. i think poland <laughs> great guy but I, I can remember my heart sank that the crowd shouting like it was so insulting so insensitive well yeah but that one see that one we like because you you talk about it right because it's hard to ignore and the guys on the bench like you know that's all they have to do they're not playing so they're just listening to what people are (laughs) saying the rogaine chant was definitely one that we did to ourselves as well if anybody was bald on the squad it was the rogaine chant in practice it was chrome dome it was whatever so when you, the other team starts chanting that, it actually doesn't feel as bad. But uh, the overrated one, yeah, was was a lot. But imagine how different it would have been if I just like go over to the crowd and I give them something, like I give them the old, you know, suck it, or like I give them some sort of like, ah, like are you not entertained, or like you know, like ham it up, like you know, like a like a heel would in the WWE, like that would really get it going, right? Because we still lost the game, like we didn't. We didn't win. So yeah. it's not like my extreme focus helped me. It's like, oh, we lost still. <laughs> another another quick story about, you know, we talk about hockey and the toughness versus volleyball. Like, let's face it. When I was growing up playing volleyball, it wasn't really that tough of a sport. There wasn't too many tough guys in it. But believe me, there were some tough guys in it. And I'll, two guys I'm going to mention. One guy that I played all through high school with, and I played with him at York, is Mark Ainsworth. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know Mark Ainsworth, but we're playing in a high school match. And in the high schools, sometimes the weight rooms were like Often. above the gym. Yeah. Often. And so there's guys up in the weight room, you know, heckling us, heckling us the whole time. And Mark goes back to serve. And actually, one of the guys spits down on 
He loses it. This is how fast it was. He jumps up, one hand onto the, you know, they had those steel grates over the clocks. Yeah. Grabs the steel gate from the clock, arm up onto the basketball thing. He's up into the into the weight room and chase it. He's gone. In the middle of the <laughs> Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. Comes back about five minutes later. We had to sew something. Like it was uh it was, wait, it was wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. craziness. He comes back five minutes later. Like you just kept playing? Well, well yeah. Yeah. You had to, sub, you had to sub a new guy in? We had to sub a new guy in. This we, Mark's pummeling a guy up in the weight room well, and you're just subbing guys in. You know what? It's funny, we don't even know what happened. <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't think he caught them, to be honest with you, because he did come back and get subbed back in. And the state coach was just like, all right. Roll it back in, man. Well, it, 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 it was just so bizarre. It was so bizarre. The other tough guy, I'm going to tell you, all-time tough guy, is Johnny Barrett. Now, he, he, he did play some hockey. The inventor of the jump serve. I don't have the best stories about him on the volleyball court, but I got to share this story about one night we were out at a restaurant. And it's a, a bit of a long story, but I'll be quick. Some guy, some guy's causing a ruckus in the restaurant to the point where he stands up, he's turning tables over. <laughs> this guy, no, seriously, this, this other patron in the restaurant's lost it. And John Barrett just sneaks kind of behind the guy and whoop, puts him into like the sleeper, like, you know, Tiger Jeet Singh, the sleeper hold, and he's holding the guy there. And and the restaurant, you can imagine somebody. And this was a nice restaurant. It was in the distillery di- district, I think. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. But Johnny Barrett, just cool, calm. You know the the powerful, strong, intimidating man that he is, gets a hold of this guy, nullifies the situation, and you know it's it's mayhem in the restaurant. And and then the I guess what were supposed to be security guards from the restaurant come and say, you know, let him go, let him go. Because nobody knew what caused the fight. They thought maybe. <laughs> they thought it was these two guys. Right. So John says, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> and, and, and they're saying, yeah, 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 let him go. So they let him go. And the guy goes like the Tasmanian devil <laughs> right out of the place. Right. But I, I can remember, I just looked at John Barrett like, oh my goodness, you are, you're Adonis, like so much power and toughness. And that's how he played too. Like he was a, he was a tough player. You didn't want to chirp him. He'd make you wet your pants, regardless if you touched your underwear or not. (laughs) (laughs) And and by the way, by the way, that's why I never wear underwear. Okay. That's TMI. I think for everybody, including your son here, Uh, I think if you can keep that to just a minimum, I think uh, the show would be better for it. Uh, appreciate the stories. <laughs> I can't believe Josh brought that up. I think uh, I think there's a, a hilarious video of John Barrett at the Olympics giving the ref a finger and getting a yellow card. I know that much. I'm not. I'm you know not what? sure that you that's what? actually yeah, what happened, that, but that, I think un, un, unfortunately that was caught on camera, and you know, not not so what. It wasn't good behavior, but it certainly didn't exemplify the kind of gladiator type competitor John Barrett was unbelievable. 
well, invented the jump serve or popularized it at least. Um, yeah, great stories, guys. Anyway, there there is some tough guys in volleyball. Well, yeah. we've hinted at it a couple times. I, I I would like to pull on this a little bit. But Jake mentioned, like in our practice environment, we're kind of base building, we're developing, so it's pretty like nice guys. Like if Jake sees another teammate being like, "Hey, like try this," I'm really good at this. But to throw back to our podcast, Garrett, when you came on the show, you mentioned you like training with Grant because Grant would bring a certain amount of intensity and toughness to practice. So uh, I'm just curious, while we're on the topic and why we have like this class of guys on the call, what is the role of intensity in practice? Like when is the time and place for you to be the the alpha, this gladiator? style like when is it okay in your training environment to to flip that switch and kind of be that guy in your own environment right i mean for me every time um i'm not sure yeah i I don't know like is that a popular opinion i'm not sure but like that's kind of why i respect guys like that so much who kind of bring that level in practice because like a it just makes things way more interesting like if if there's no intensity in practice then you're coming in there every day and I mean, for anyone out there who's a club player listening or whatever, you come to practice every time. And if it's just the same stuff, it's kind of boring. There's nothing new every time. Like you can get stagnant and get bored. Then you get people frustrated with each other, but not saying anything. But when you bring that intensity, that attitude, A, it's interesting, but B, you get better. Like straight up, you just get better. When it's like, when you're clashing with two people who want something and only one can get it, well, you you improve. Um, and I don't think I always did that on the beach, but indoors, like I was at university, I was frankly probably too ruthless sometimes to some of my teammates, um, like just getting on their case. Cause like, for example, when I played, I want to practice against a good block. Like I need somebody to block me. Otherwise, like I'm just pounding and I'm, you know, you're not getting any better. Um, so we had a few guys who were like, you know, first, second year middles. And if they weren't closing the block on me, I was letting them have it and just like, you absolutely suck. Are you going to leave me alone? Like, what the F are you doing? Seriously? Figure your shit out, buddy. Like, or get off. Jim, are you going to let this guy play against me? Like, it was probably really rude and mean to say that to guys. But at the same time, like, you know, some of the guys who I was yelling at three years later ended up leading the league in blocks. So that was, I don't, I don't know, it wasn't because of me, but certainly I think helped. Passing Dimes is proud to welcome a new partner to the show, Momentum Pro Camps. Momentum Pro Camps runs volleyball camps across Ontario, bringing professional athletes, coaches, and resources to communities, clubs, and partners. Momentum's mission is to inspire and develop high performers for life, and they're doing just that. Unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Momentum has suspended all programming until permitted by local public health recommendations. However, they have developed incredible future programming for athletes to benefit from and are excited to share it with all of you when we can play again. Follow us on social media at Momentum Pro Camps for updates and details on future programs or email us at contact at MomentumProCamps.com. Stay excellent, friends. Yeah, like Jake, I think our environment, I love our environment. Like I'm a part of it. I, I contribute to it. But I think every once in a while, I wouldn't mind whether it's me stirring it up or, or you or maybe Big Russ speaks up. Like I, I think that's maybe if something was missing today as of you know February 24th, I, I think that's what we're missing maybe. Yeah, I think I think there's, yeah, I think, oh, to Garrett's point, I think 
when it's competition time, it, for sure, you, you want to be uh, absolutely out there grinding. And I think the, the fire intensity is really important, like Garrett's kind of saying. I think not having any events or anything coming up has maybe had an uh, impact on that a little bit. Um, but I think that, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, it's really important whenever you're, you, you want that. Like, you want their best, right? You want the other team at their best. You want to be at your best. And that's, I think, like Garrett said, that's the only way anybody's going to get any better right so i think that's something for sure that that we can implement especially anytime we're going competing head to head right so i, I totally agree with that I'm, I'm on that board as well i think that if you're giving your best and, and you're competing fully to win every day in practice everybody's going to get better so yeah now john john what's the role of coach in this like if you're coaching a team because it can get uncomfortable it can get intense like people can really get into it like how do you find the balance of like pushing it to like a nine, but not letting it become an 11 where like feelings are hurt and people don't want to train together and they don't want to be around each other. Right. Like with you, like Grant's a crush guy, Garrett's a crush guy. Like I'm sure there's some tough times in that, in that training environment. How do you find the balance between like, I want you to be a gladiator, but I don't want you to be a, a jerk about it. Yeah. You know what? I, I think it's so key that the coach sets the, uh, the tone for the environment in which you're training in. Uh, as the coach, you got to be responsible for, you know, managing that intensity. Obviously, there's lots of time to be training in a non-consequence-based environment where you're getting your reps in and, and you're focused. But I'm a strong believer that if you're going to be a great competitor and be able to, you've got to train at the optimum level for competition, whatever that, you know, whatever that brings your athletes to the, to the right spot. You can't have them overhyped you know, or over intense, you got to manage that intensity and help them discover their optimum level of intensity and train at it, like train it, work it. Um, although, you know, I hear Garrett, uh, you know, talk about the way he would talk to his other players. You know, one thing I can say about Garrett, I've been in the gym with him enough times or on the sand is that he always trained at a very consistent level and probably you know, if there was one criticism about his his overall career is he had difficulty, you know, taking it to that next level, but he never went down. Like he was a consistent performer and delivering and his ability to focus and deliver from that perspective, I think what made him great. Whereas you'll find some athletes when they 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 don't they can't stay in their optimum zone and they can't manage that switch of intensity, that's when they, they're, they're at risk, right? So I think, I think the coach is totally responsible to be conscious of that, aware of that, and stimulate the environment, you know, both by you know, toning it down and, and by ramping it up. Okay, so what are some examples? Because I'm curious, because, you know, like I would say for our viewers out there, you are an expert at manipulating that intensity, pushing people's buttons, but also making them feel like a million bucks when they need that. So what are some tips, some thoughts on a coach or even an athlete to bring that with their competitors? Like Josh is working this training environment with these guys, the Canadian beach national team. He's thinking, ah, shit, like this is low intensity right now. What's he looking for? Like, what can we really punch and really take things to the next level for like an example? You just well, tell a guy he sucks? Like, are you like, like, what sort of things do you do? 
Well, I don't know if ever telling anybody they suck is is fundamentally a good thing, but okay. So don't uh, do I that. Think, Sorry, I'm just taking yeah, notes. Don't, okay, don't, so don't tell a guy yeah, sucks. Don't, got it. Don't tell anybody they suck. Okay. Put that down. Yeah. I think the key is uh, building trust, right? Yeah, between coach and athlete. You know, when you gain an athlete's trust and they believe in you, and and therefore it's reciprocal. Of course, if you're if you're coaching, it's it's mutual trust. So you can, you call it pushing their buttons. I don't want it to be even to sound manipulative in that way. It's you're stimulating, you're stimulating training of those aspects of the game. How's that? Right. So not being a dick, you're actually just stimulating aspects. Great euphemism. I love it. Go on. Yeah, I think I'd avoid being a dick, although, you know, some, some people may, you know, uh, I don't know, describe some behaviors as that. Um, and I think I think there's a lot of pressure now to tone down that intensity or those, wait, what do you call it, uh, uh, random displays of anger or intensity. That, that doesn't serve the athletes when the coach is out of control, when you're, you know, when you're trying to demonstrate control. So I, I think examples, I, I can't even really demonstrate an example because it wouldn't be relevant to describe it okay well here's a challenge then fold jake up completely right now jake's not bringing intensity in this episode he's dogging it jake's been subpar we need to get some intensity in this episode what would we say we got to not be a dick i wrote that down hey well first off i'd say anybody else don't interrupt again while i'm trying to motivate jake (laughs) (laughs) yeah josh watch it buddy Okay. And then, and then I'd say, then I'd say, Jake, are you not feeling it today? Like, what's the deal? You're, you're asking me right now. Well, it's a big moment, guys. Like gotta, this is personal growth for the show. We real. need this. It's got to be real or it doesn't work. And, no, I, know no, you, I'm, and I'm, I know you trust me. No, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm taking it all in. I'm, I'm, I'm learning new things. Uh, I think it's been great. And as a matter of fact, I think Jake's energy in this call has been amazing. He's told the two best stories. Although I, well, I don't go know back, about I that. Go I got the Josh's his chirp. Thing Josh had chirp. a great one. You uh, got a guy climbing into a crowd. I don't what? know. That was pretty. That was pretty good too. Yeah, so I, to be I honest, with you, playing their part pretty well here. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're doing well. The only one that needs to take a look at themselves during this that hasn't really, you know, isn't bringing what they need to bring to this is somebody who's not on the show. That's why. Oscar and Dan aren't on the show this week because they <laughs> Hey, you heard it here first, folks. Shots fired. Hey, I will say, Oscar did bring up something last week, so a little treat here for rewarding our viewers who watched that episode. He did mention that you and he had unsettled business about his playtime, I think, on uh, on our Crush Volleyball Club. Do you have a response? We're trying to plan a meeting with you two, but it hasn't seemed to work out. Unsettled business? Unsettled. Is that Oscar and I have unsettled business with his playtime? I was just, the whole time I spend with Oscar, quite honestly, I was prepping him for his night in the the time the lights were going to shine on him when he was playing for Josh at George Brown (laughs) and Edgardale watching. And it was, all that training was for that moment. And, And he delivered. 
what he's not Oscar's totally balanced. He's a good guy. So you set him up completely so he could deliver the handlebar mustache at the right time for the George Brown Huskies in Toronto at George Brown College. Perfect. Yeah, like I, I, I foreshadowed that. I saw that coming. And then Josh delivered it and Oscar left-handed it. Magic. Magic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there you have it, folks. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but I called out Jake for not having a great episode, which I'm not saying he wasn't. I think he actually was. But then, yeah. Dad, you come in and you undermine that and actually make it seem like he's doing a really great job. So now he's probably going to be way better. Well, that's that's part of the game. Yeah, like if you're that you subtle, though, some people might miss it. We got to pay attention here on Sharp Cuts. Yeah, okay? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna inform the viewers of something, or the listeners, viewers, mm, whichever. They are, are we sure? Are we sure? Yeah. Well, yeah, because before you asked me what I'd like to talk about, and one of the subjects I put forward was what's the difference between selling and coaching. I, I raise that as a question, and and quite truthfully, you said it perfectly. As a coach, you're selling to the athlete that they're better than what they believe they are. And when they start buying that, it starts paying dividends. So you're so saying as long as the coach is trying to sell how good they are to the player, then it's the same. What if the coach is totally ignorant to that? It must be totally different then. You mean selling how good who is? Well, like if the coach is totally ignorant to that, not even thinking about selling to the player how good they are. Probably well, not doing a great job. Then, they're, then they, they, they missed the boat. Well, what about if, if to take the pessimist view here, here's this coach telling me how great I'm awesome I am. I keep losing in the pre-quarters. Like, I can't be that great. Like, if the coach's <laughs> not in the pudding, like, here's this guy telling me how awesome I am. Are I you, are you coming from life experience there, Josh? Like, is there yeah, something you'd like to share? Or? No, I'm like just saying, like, I, I get the trust thing. I get the credibility thing. But I think if a, if a club coach is listening right now saying, like, we're going to be the best team in the province, we're going to win provincials. If you're in tier 14 trillion, I don't think that speech works. Right. So where's the balance of I believe in you. We can do more. We can achieve all this stuff. But sometimes not everybody's going to win a gold medal. Not everybody's going to be the best. Hey, I'm not talking about blowing smoke, Josh. I'm not talking about blowing smoke up people's behinds. I'm talking about trust. And what does trust deal with? Truth. You know, you're helping athletes discover what they're capable of. And if and if they're not delivering it, it's the coach's responsibility. I really believe that. Because if, if they haven't stimulated the inspiration in the athlete to get to a place where they know they can do what they can do, then, you know, you're falling down short. And too many people, in my opinion, are afraid to stand up and say that and take responsibility for it. Like, Let's face it, I, you know, I've coached lots of teams where I, I don't think I've had the ultimate uh, success. At York, York Women, as an example, you know, I think I got them to a place and we got to a place, but I didn't have enough time to build the truth in it, right? So anyways, I, 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 it's not about blowing smoke. It's not about, you know, just patting somebody on the back without truth. You have to speak truth. You have to speak truth. And the truth is that everyone's capable of more than what they they themselves in most cases believe. Like we're, you know, so. I mean, we have an opening for head coach of Passing Dimes Sharp Cuts because I feel like Josh and I really need that 
to help the show succeed, but also we can now use the coach as a bit of a scapegoat when the show doesn't succeed or struggle. So are you available? I mean, I'm not sure what your rate is. Do I get a family <laughs> discount? Can we like, cause we're in need. <laughs> no, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. I want to be a, I want to be a, a permanent guest. I like this. It, it gives me a chance. It's a release. I get. I thought we were. Hey, I thought we were getting our own thing going here. That's John, true. You're jumping ship on. No, 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 JJ. Garrett, we didn't get the waivers ready. The last week's guest threw we blew it. Their own show too. J &J we absolutely blew it. Show. Come on, Johnny. The J and J show. Listen. Okay? So we got sharp cuts. We got to compete with deep lines that Oscar and Dan are making, and now we got the J and J show to compete with. Josh, we what's really, yeah, called? we totally blew what's it there? with the waivers. What's theirs called? Yeah, what's Dan's called? Deep lines. Deep lines. Deep lines. Deep lines? Yeah, it's a Good straight ripoff of sharp cuts. Off the net, off the net. What are you doing? You're going deep line. Deep line. Oh, deep line. <laughs> Actually, I like the name. Stop I like it. Name. I no, you don't. Deep line. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> deep line. But yeah, deep line makes a lot more sense. Listen. You know why Dan Dan would bring that up as his show because he has no idea what deep line is. Never hit it. He only <laughs> he only had sharp either, bounces. It's Tell true. I did, I did see a video a video going around of him where he's about six feet off the net and he hits it in still inside the two meter line. I'm like, yeah, okay, exactly. Dan, like, what do you? Why yeah, did he ever line? have to go why deep he ever hit deep line? What are you talking about, Dan? Yeah, I don't know, but I'm highly discouraging of guests on the show forming their own shows. We've got to keep the integrity <laughs> of this thing going strong. We're gonna oh, we're gonna coach. retroactively well, sign the matching, NBA. You're just matching, coach, matching coach, people. Coach's timeout. Coach's timeout here. No, no, you can franchise this, Josh and Garrett. You can you can franchise this. Uh, so we've got J&J &J, we've got Deep Lines next week we're going to have Setting Butter like we have all these shows just breaking off from us absolutely and they're all going to be hosted on Yes Guy Gaming yes, guy and Passing Dimes are you kidding me Josh we're going to be raking it the, in the Yes That's Guy fine. Network is taking off right now <laughs> pretty soon you guys are going to be beat up with some mimosas you don't even need to you don't even need to do anything. You just you let it. The let show it. ran itself, Josh. We just don't even need to sign in. There's no tech issues. They just deal with it themselves. I would love to see you guys dealing with recording this episode. I would love to see what that what that comes out like because I'm struggling as it is. Yeah, no, I'm not going to speak to that at all. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> you need a tech guy. You need. But seriously, we we need it. We need a head coach for passing dive sharp cuts, and uh, and we're we're looking. We already have a headmaster of discipline, yeah, um, and that's Oscar Kahu. And you know, he made us run a few sets of end lines just in our own homes here, COVID restrictions and all. But uh, so yeah, we're looking for a head coach. <laughs> no, I, I, okay. Think about it. I mean, take your time. Yep, take your time. Well, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I told you that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, any uh, any tips for us? Now that you've had a full show under your belt, we yeah, talked about chirping, be, we talked about uh, intensity in the sport. How about any, next subject? Next subject. Well, <laughs> no, the next subject is the next show. We're, we're running out of time here, guys. Oh, are we okay? Well, so you know, I put something else forward, and it, it, it was something that I've, I've often thought about. If I took the top eight NBA players – men nba players mm -hmm. okay the males that are in yep. the nba okay keep saying Is males it possible yep. how soon do you think i could have them win the university championship 
Don't shake your head. How soon? I'm shaking my head because you asked, what's the next topic? And I said, well, we're running out of time. we got to end the show. <laughs> well, and yeah, then you, you go right the into show. the next topic. You're getting, you're, no, you're another cut topic. The show. Cut the show. Cut the show. No, that's a good, that's a good topic. I think. I'm curious. I'm curious what you guys think. Okay, so you're saying you have to take this, the, the eight best fan votes. You get to go in and choose who you want. Because like that, that does matter, I think. Like, well, yeah. Because ne- not necessarily. You, you are forming your best team because I don't think it's always necessarily going to be just the best NBA players, right? You might want some guys that are a bit more athletic, played other sports growing up. You might want to do some research, right? Like, is what's the stipulations here? You have to take just the eight best all-stars? Like, what's the rules? No, no, you get to, you get to pick the top eight guys that you would think would be the best. I think okay. you would win. And- How long would it take you? I think it would take you two weeks. I think uh, that's, that's my opinion of the NBA players. And that's also representative of my opinion of just the general university championship here in Canada. NCAA, you you'd two, be really two, tough, I think. You think two weeks they're beating Trinity? Two weeks. They well, I think there's guys in the NBA who are amazing volleyball players who just decided to play basketball because they make way more money. You know, I have that's, seen Curry, that's and, a Curry and Embiid peppering before. I have seen that. Yeah. And there's guys who like – like we see NBA guys like uh, Luke uh, Walton go down and play – in the fours on the AVP beach and just be good. Like these guys are just athletes. They're just dominant. Right. And like you put a bunch of six eleven guys lining up against the average height, six, three guys we got here in Canada. And it's like, I don't know how, like just yeah, look that's at where it. I think, yeah, that's where I think it, it does matter. You know, like what, which guys you're grabbing. If you can go grab, do your research, grab guys that have played or that that's going to be a lot faster than, you know, just eight, eight guys that have never touched a volleyball before. I, I think that makes a big difference for sure. What do you think? Uh-huh. You think one day, Dad? I think not a hope in heck. You think never? I think, I think it, a year, maybe. There's no months. no way you're going to beat them. I think no I think you're, you're crazy them. for two Ever? reasons. No one, way. you brought up no a topic. You brought up the topic, and then immediately said it's not possible. No, no, I, I brought up the topic because I was curious of what people thought about the level of the athlete in the NBA. Versus the level of the athlete in U sports, I'm thinking. Know. I'm thinking you need like six months or a year. I think I was going to say three months. months. I think you can do it in three months. I, I think it's going to take a, a, a full year. Of, yeah, that's what I think too. Of competition and so on, and then it so and many then small nuances too. Like I don't know, and it's the a coin toss. Seems like a big service. Seems seems like a big issue. These guys are bombing serves. That seems like a big problem. Like. Yeah, net play, okay, blocking, hitting and stuff, yeah, okay. But you got to get a guy that can set them. I, you got to get your system down. No, I'm, I'm thinking like a, a year at least, I think. Like it's, there's so many things that you gotta, you're going to have to teach them where, how you're going to defend against the pipes, all these things that they're, yeah. they're going to have no idea about. For sure they can pick it up, but. I'm thinking a year to be even competitive. And then I don't think it would ever happen. I strongly well, no, disagree. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think they'll rock it up for. I don't think they'll <laughs> no, no. training for I mean, a year. I don't like. I don't Yeah, I strongly disagree. Think I think it would happen really quick. But Josh, we better rest control of our show because J and J is already forming here. I can see it. These two just go, just taking over topics, getting into the show. Like the gears are turning. I'm feeling a bit insecure about it. 
isn't isn't that what leadership and power is? Didn't we learn that from this episode is giving it to other people, Garrett? We're still in full control here, but we've made them feel like they're powerful. They're in charge. They're contributing to our show. We're benefiting a lot here. And all we've done is just shined our light on them. And now but, they feel included. Yeah, see, right? you know, Josh, Josh has been listening. Garrett's feeling insecure. <laughs> I think we know what's going on that's, here. See, this is why exactly Josh it. and I are a great team. Because Josh is going to bring that when I'm feeling insecure. Josh is like, no, no, cerebral assassin. He's got it, okay? Josh's under control. Smart. So keep going, guys. Actually, we can't keep going because we've been going for so freaking long. Our listeners are sick of all four of us right now. And uh, so we, I think we got to close it out. But uh, before we do the little spiel at the end, thank you guys for joining us. It's been a stimulating episode. We'll have to compare to our last episode and really see where episode two, doing, you know, where does it stand? Polls or something like, you know, like start, start taking stats, doing polls, you know, start getting, you get to go on again. I will do that. Good. I will I'm poll. Sticking. Who's been your favorite guest so far of the four and we'll see who wins. Will you no, guys no, be no, upset if it's stick, not any of you? I want to stick with my teammate here. Okay. I want to ride some coattails here. I want to continue to be a package deal. It's the Jake and John show, J and J versus D O versus versus deep line. D O (laughs) Deep lines D O. Deep lines. Deep and out of balance. This is oh. what I love about working with high this performers. Is, is even though we're running a podcast, we need a this winner is, and a loser. We can't just another, let them come on this and is talk. The other question. Do you think that the J and J show in a competitive beach volleyball match could take down DO, Deep Line? Me Not a and chance. Johnny I'm sorry. against Oscar and Dan. Not a chance. No way. What, for real, we couldn't beat them in a game of beach volleyball? Oh, come on. We're taking them down every time, me and me and John here. I don't think I'm so. I'm way better than Oscar, and Jake is way better than Dan. I think, I think, Dad, you're way better than Oscar for the first 10 points as you're siding out. Jake's going on two. Then that wing, that bad wing, the rotator cuff, it's over. Oh, way. I like our chances. Let's set it up. You guys can video it. It'll it'll be sick. Josh, set it up. You want some high intensity training? You got to have deep lines versus J and J at the center. That'll get some views right there. Mm, maybe not. It's not that popular a show. Josh, you better hurry up and end the show, man. And we're gonna be here all night. <laughs> well, this has been fantastic. I mean, I really did it to myself by showing up a little bit, but I feel That's like the, the content was great. We could have went longer, but uh, I kind of you know euchred us a little bit off the start there. But thanks so much for coming on the show. Whether you're watching on Yes Guy Gaming on YouTube or listening on the Passing Night Podcast, this is the type of content you can expect from Sharp Cuts. Is uh, you're gonna learn a little, you're gonna laugh a lot, and and you're gonna have a good time because I'm really loving this show garrett and I, i'm glad you you know approach me with this idea because it's it's pretty awesome and at the end of the day push comes to shove you're the only tech guy who can do this so we're in business as long as you and i stay together well i'm great to hear that and thanks you guys jake and uh, dad for joining the show hope to have you back we'll see what the fans think and uh thanks josh for being my co-host as always and i guess i guess we'll see you next time